You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we somehow made it to the final hour on this Wednesday. If you missed the interview with Brian Kelly from last hour, go to danpatrick.com. You can listen to all of our interviews there. But we touched on a variety of things with Brian Kelly as he's the new head coach at LSU. But also, who's going to go into Notre Dame? Are they going to wait for a coach at Notre Dame? And I think that's really the key. The less you hear about Notre Dame, the more it feels like they know who they're going to bring in. Is it Luke Fickle from Cincinnati? And he'd be following the same path that Brian Kelly did when he left Cincinnati to go to Notre Dame. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Matt Leinert, Fox Sports, former USC quarterback. He will join us coming up. In a little bit. McLevin, the poll question from uh, hour two. Are we going to keep it? Uh, I think we could change it up. Team that is most likely to jump into the final four that's on the outside looking in. Oklahoma State won, but Notre Dame not that far behind in the poll. People still think Notre Dame has a chance. Here's uh, Lincoln Riley yesterday with uh, Colin Cowherd talking about uh, did he want to avoid going to the SEC? The leadership at OU was was fantastic, communicating with me throughout that process, um, asked feedback. Uh, certainly not saying I made the decision by any stretch, but I, I was able to give some feedback and be a part of those discussions. And, and I think it's going to be a great move for OU. I yeah. do. And that, that had no part of it. He said that he slept for a couple of hours and woke up and had a conversation with USC people, and he could feel their energy. You could feel that the leadership from the very top willing to do the things that maybe – haven't been done here as of recent to get USC where it needs to be. Interesting comments there. But it feels like there's more of a national outrage with what Brian Kelly did than what Lincoln Riley did. Because Notre Dame is polarizing. That's it. Notre Dame is polarizing. Brian Kelly, polarizing. Lincoln Riley, oh, yeah, offensive genius. Oh, he's going to USC. Yeah, can't blame him. Yeah. 38 years of age, and yeah, sure. Brian Kelly, what's it? Wait, he's 60. He's leaving Notre Dame. Wait, Notre Dame's got a chance to be in the final four. Absolutely, all of those things. And I'm going to guess that made it even tougher. But Brian Kelly made his decision, and look, what he did in those 12 years, he made you relevant, more relevant from the standpoint of being able to be in the conversation with the SEC. And I always thought that, you know, that's something that Urban Meyer was able to bring to the Big Ten when he went to Ohio State. He brought more of an SEC feel to the Big Ten and was very successful there. You know, you got Brian Kelly, who had a glass ceiling at Notre Dame. He didn't have any real uh, say in, in who gets in as far as academically, the admissions part of this, even school discipline for players. Uh, this is something that, you know, Rick Neuheisel, former coach, told us in the first hour of the program. There's a lot involved in this, but it just feels like this happens every year. Coaches leave. But but this window that these coaches, like this is the opportunity because it's recruiting time. Brian Kelly's recruiting in Orange County. Gets on the plane, flying back home, and says he found out that they had finalized the LSU deal. And then he texted his players, landed at 5.30, had a meeting with them at 7. And then he goes to work for LSU. I mean, it's crazy. But this is this, the system. And until college football wants to change the system, 
this is what's going to happen. And loyalty, loyalty has should have a dollar sign attached to it. You know, it just should, because that that's all this is. It's all transactional. I mean, Brian Kelly has got you know purple on. Okay, you have your press, you have your meeting with your players. Next thing you know, you're changing your wardrobe. Hadn't even been back to South Bend to pack up. Got a new house on campus. And all it is is you get off one jet and you get on a different jet. That's it. I got a green jet and a purple jet. That's it. You know, he bettered himself. He's 60 years of age. He, he's going to get paid. And, you know, is he going to last 10 years at LSU? I doubt it. But he wants to win a national championship. Yes, Eden. It's interesting because it's like the job stays exactly the same. It's just the logo on your polo shirt that changes. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's there's really no difference between three days ago and today other than the bank account and which place you're directing kids. And he said that Notre Dame had distinctions, not limitations. <laughs> Notre Dame has limitations, not distinctions. Now, this is about recruiting and the academics. But... Ed Orgeron got fired after two years. And as I told you, I don't know how long ago this is. I'd have to check my phone. But I had a source say, you know, they wanted to fire Ed Orgeron early enough because they had to bring somebody in who can at least get them, keep them in the conversation with Arch Manning. That Arch, it was really important that you were going to be able to at least be in on the sweepstakes to get Arch Manning there and keep him in Louisiana. Yeah, McLovin. I got a good hire for Brian Kelly. David Cutcliffe just got fired at Duke. He's the partner of Peyton and Eli, I believe, his former coach. Yeah. Bring him in. Like, would you do something like that? Like, hire hire a Manning? Like, is it that important of a recruit? I don't know in a situation like that. But you just want to be have a seat at the table. And it it's embarrassing if LSU doesn't have a seat at the table for Arch Manning playing in New Orleans. And I think that's really important. Yeah, Paul. That was a sneaky one this week. Uh, D- Duke moving on from David Cutcliffe, yeah. that, and he made them. I think he went to five straight bowl games there. I know mm-hmm. it's cooled off a little bit, but they they were a respectable football school with him. That's that's a nutty one. Uh, we'll get to phone calls coming up. Eight seven seven three DP show. Email address dp at danpatrick dot com. Here was another thing that came up. I asked Brian Kelly, "What about your assistant coaches at Notre Dame?" And he's sort of figuring that out. You got. Offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator who are going to be in high demand. Do you bring them to LSU? What's Notre Dame do to keep them? Because if I'm Notre Dame and I got a really good young offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese, former quarterback there, that defensive coordinator, Freeman, is highly thought of. Are they going to they going to hire somebody from within, or are you going to bring in Luke Fickle, or is there an outlier here? But all of those things—that's conversations going on right now. And Notre Dame doesn't have a game; they don't play until the bowl game. They had a lot of downtime here. All right, we'll get to some phone calls. Matt Liner, the uh, former USC quarterback, will join us coming up. What a wild day! It's been crazy. Last couple of days, just been wild. And then you start to hear all of these things. I mean, this is what happens when you have great sources. 
And, you know, they just tell me things like these are things that are going on. And I had a source said, hey, I see where you're going to have uh, uh, Brian Kelly on. Ask him about the feelers that were put out. They said, okay, by USC. And he goes, or, and I go, Brian Kelly? He goes, yeah. So I asked Brian Kelly, did USC reach out? And he said, well, I had a lot of schools that reached out. Okay, that means USC reached out. Not the biggest thing in the world, but just people who know what's going on behind the scenes. Yes, Eaton. Could you imagine if Brian Kelly left Notre Dame for USC? How much bigger this would be? (laughs) That one, okay, that one would shock me. (laughs) Not much would shock me anymore, but that one certainly would. Uh, Tim in Texas. Hi, Tim. What's on your mind today? Well, howdy, Danny. How are you, bud? Great, great, Tim. All right, so uh, since there's nothing really going on in the sports world today, Dan, I wanted to talk about the stat of the day. Oh, all right? okay. All right, so, Dan, it's been a little obvious that there's been some tension between you and Steve when it comes to stat of the day. Well, I got a bad, got a bad connection there, Tim. Um, is there is there tension between Seton and I? About stat of the day? Oh, is that when I don't hit the music yeah. at the right time? Yeah, that's not tension. That's just me expecting... Too much out of yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> More I, than you should. I should, and that's that's my <laughs> fault. I keep expecting Seton to be something he's not. <laughs> it's not. It's just not fair. And my and I apologize. Well, you're you're not setting me up for success with all of these expectations yes. of me doing my job properly. Yes, yes, so. McClellan. I love when Seton shoots back. Was that really a stat? Though? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> More like trivia of the <laughs> trivia day. Trivia of the day. <laughs> trivia of the d- d- day. Yes, Paul. I got a question. You know, we were talking with Rick Neuheisel about limitations at Notre Dame with recruiting and academics. Does USC have similar limitations? Because from what I've heard, I know very little about USC. Dan, you do. That the academic challenges to get into USC, beyond the jokes of uh, Varsity Blues, are really high. It's a very competitive school. Can they get in every athlete that they want at USC? I don't know. I know that it's a really low acceptance rate there at USC. That USC sort of hovers around some Ivy League schools. Like, it's really tough to get into USC. Unless, you know, I tried to tell my kids, just act like you're a rower. I mean, just take a rowing picture. Nobody's going to know. You're tall. They, They couldn't do it. I had to pay the full boat there. Yes, McClellan. Just say you're joking. I am joking. Fans are listening. I am this. joking. I got the receipts. Let me, let me put it that way. I have the receipts. I paid the full boat for not one, but two kids to get into USC. You're like one kid away from a building over there. <laughs> you should have like a, like a dormitory or something, the Patrick house. The rowing house. Yeah. Yes, yes McLovin. What was their reaction to the Lincoln Riley hire? Excitement? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my son right away. My daughter... Couldn't care less. She's like, a lot, a lot of people are talking about USC, Dad. I go, wait, uh, well, they hired a new coach. Is he good? I go, yeah, I think they did really well. Okay. She just wants to know a tidbit that she can bring up then to her friends to say, yeah, you know, and Lincoln Riley is a young offensive-minded guy. And I said, yeah, that's good. You're good. But my son's like, you know, could we have done better? And I go, nope, you could not have done better. He said, all right, good. Uh, more phone calls coming up. We'll bring back a little bit of what Brian Kelly had to say, uh, but you can hear the entire interview. Go to DanPatrick.com. And if you go to DanPatrick.com, make sure you pick up the, uh, 
gifts that you could use as, uh, well, great gifts. Make somebody's life. Change somebody's life. DP Show gear. And uh, we got a lot of great things there, including the calendar. Awesome calendar. Best we've ever done. Go to danpatrick.com. It'll be Sunday night. Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs against the Denver Broncos in the AFC West showdown Sunday night, 7 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. I was curious where those analysts are when uh, everybody said they'd take Justin Herbert over Patrick Mahomes. I just I haven't heard a lot of those people quieted down considerably. This is when you have a hot take. You just have to be fair to entire season, the highs and lows, the dips you're going to have. Is Justin Herbert a wonderful quarterback? Absolutely. He's on a dip right now. Mahomes had his. They might be the team to beat in the AFC. But a couple of weeks ago, oh, I'd take Justin Herbert over Patrick Mahomes. Okay, if that's the case, don't change your mind. But this is where you have people who do these hot takes. And they just throw stuff out. Like, hey, nobody's going to record this. Remember this? You know, the Jets should stay with Mike White as their quarterback. Mm. Jameis Winston, dark horse candidate for MVP. Josh Allen's going to be the MVP. Mm. That's what happens. Got to generate. Got to get a headline in there. You don't have to have an opinion on everything. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. How about I give it some time? Can't do that. You better have a damn hot take. You're going to get left behind. Yes, Todd. And if the Chargers beat the Bengals, even convincingly say, and the Broncos go into Arrowhead and happen to win that game, then it's going to change all over again. No, maybe not. Justin Herbert. How about this? How about Joe Burrow and the Bengals beat the Chargers and Joe Burrow outperforms Justin Herbert? Then you're going to hear the following. You know, I'd take Joe Burrow over Justin Herbert. That's how this works. Week to week. Yeah, McLeod. I did see an incredible stat. Teddy Bridgewater enters Sunday night game with a higher passer rating than Patrick Mahomes. Uh, that's not something you thought you would, would be saying. Would you take Teddy Bridgewater over Patrick Mahomes? Well, no, it's not a stat of the day. There were no numbers involved there. McLevin threw this out. He goes, oh, rank the tailgate of the four jobs. USC, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, LSU. It's not close. LSU has got to be taken off the list. They're emeritus. You know where schools get ranked, how they party? You know, there's certain schools that are just emeritus, like Dayton. You know, you just say, look, you guys are in the Hall of Fame. We're not even going to, you know, embarrass you by involving you in the conversation. LSU, tailgate, got to take them off the board. Notre Dame, we've been to. USC, I've been to. I have not been to a tailgated Oklahoma. Yes, Paulie? Yeah, I've been to all four. Oklahoma is very broad. There's a lot of space to tailgate. Very good tailgate. A lot of room. Uh, no, same, USC was actually pretty good. LSU, though, they start on Thursdays. Like, like Saturday <laughs> is when they're wrapping things up. They're recovering from Thursday, Friday. We went to an LSU game years and years ago. And on Thursday night, people were rolling in with million-dollar RVs that were bought for just this purpose. Yeah. And they're used six times a year. There's no camping involved. The you know. Auburn tailgate, when Cam Newton came back, when we were there for that. Yeah, and Auburn's interesting because the entire campus becomes a tailgate. Like yeah. the entire, all the property on the campus. But that's what it is at USC because you're on campus. The Coliseum is right there. 
and and I love that you know the convenience there. But LSU, LSU and Ole Miss, uh, you guys, you're emeritus. You're in the Hall of Fame of tailgating. Yes, McLovin. By the way, at Auburn, when you see that eagle on TV flying around, I went to an Auburn game. <laughs> that thing is really flying through the crowd. It's the. Cr- I'm not going to say it's a public safety hazard. You got <laughs> players running into bushes and eagles flying around at Auburn. It's a well-trained bird. It better be. All right, we'll take a break. We'll talk to Matt Liner. See what he uh, makes of all of this. That's coming up next here on the Dan Patrick Show. It's amazing. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. There's no limit on how much you can earn. It's amazing. Even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of the places in the United States that take credit cards take Discover. So when I was buying my tickets to Broadway, the show Six, about the six wives of Henry VIII. Original cast. I used my Discover credit card because I hear yes more often than you do. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This award-nominated program brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Where the vans stop short, Mercedes-Benz Vans go far beyond from their customization options, cutting-edge tech, to their five-star sales service financial support crew, Mercedes-Benz vans are built, equipped, and engineered to be ready for anything. Go the extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. We'll hear from Matt Leinert, Fox Big Noon Kickoff. He'll join us coming up in uh, about five minutes from now. Here's a couple of cuts from uh, the interview with Brian Kelly last hour. I asked him about taking the LSU job. What does LSU give you that Notre Dame could not give you anymore? Well, I don't know if it wasn't – it really didn't have anything to do with what Notre Dame couldn't give me as much as another opportunity, another challenge uh, to come down in the SEC, um, you know, to play in, you know, obviously arguably the best conference uh, in the country. Um, and, and the resources here are incredible. Uh, so, you know, I just think another, another opportunity, uh, one where – um, you're going to be challenged uh, week in and week out amongst the best. I also uh, asked him when LSU first reached out. When's the first time LSU reached out to your representatives? Uh, you know, my, my, uh, my agent um, handles all that stuff, and so I couldn't tell you exactly, Dan, because he doesn't, he doesn't keep me in the loop on all these things. I think he, he kind of calls me when he thinks the time is right. So it was after, you know, obviously um, our last game, and, and, and we, we, we struck a deal pretty quickly. You know, you're at Stanford. You're recruiting in Orange County. Then all of a sudden, Lincoln Riley is not taking the LSU job. Then all of a sudden, it's like, I got a number for you, Coach. You interested? You give me the word. Yep. I'll take that. You jump on the plane, you find out that LSU says yes. Now you land in South Bend at 5.30 a.m. You have to gather your players because you knew at 10 o'clock the previous night that you were taking the job because you're flying from Orange County and you say in a mass text to your players, 7 a.m. meeting. And then 
You speak to them for about four minutes, and then that's it. You're gone. I had been told by a source that USC had reached out. I asked Coach about that. Did USC reach out at any point? You know, I think I think there was a lot of interest from other schools. But, um, again, you know, I think that for me, um, you know, it was let's get through the season. And once we did, we kind of measured what was the best situation for me. In other words, USC reached out. But I don't know about the other coaches. But also, LSU, I think, put out feelers at the beginning of this season. And I think Brian Kelly probably looked at his roster, probably thought, okay, I'd like to be the all-time leader in wins at Notre Dame. Now, I, I don't know that. He didn't acknowledge that, that that's why he stayed. But I thought that it was that was important enough to stay. And then after that, he's turning 60 and he wants a new challenge. They always say that when you take another job. It's, you never say, are you kidding me? You look at all that money? It's, ah, you know, I was looking for another challenge. Yeah. Well, national title. But a 10-year deal? Yeah. Phone calls, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle, at dpshow. Um Lincoln Riley was on the herd with Colin Cowherd yesterday, and he talked about the move to uh, USC as opposed to staying away from the SEC. The leadership at OU was was fantastic, communicating with me throughout that process, um, asked feedback. I'm certainly not saying I made the decision by any stretch, but I, I was able to give some feedback and be a part of those discussions, and, and I think it's going to be a great move for OU. I yeah. do, and that, that had no part of it. Well, I don't know what... That I mean, how can he say it's going to be a great move for OU? They're not sure who they're bringing in. At least Notre Dame feels like Luke Fickle could be waiting in the on-deck circle. I don't know who's coming in to rescue. You know, but nobody knew Lincoln Riley when he took over for Bob Stoops. And, you know, the only thing that would concern me is what's going to be left at OU this next season with these five-star recruits three, maybe four, decommitting. Uh, Spencer Rattler's already transferring. Is Caleb Williams going to stay there? So there's there's a little bit more to this as you're not in the SEC yet, but you certainly want to hit the ground running when you get into the SEC. Yeah, McLovin. I had a thought of worst-case scenario for Oklahoma. What if they become Nebraska? I never would have thought Nebraska would be an also-ran program. Yeah. They were the best yeah. when I was younger. And I always thought that Frank Solich... Uh, you know, was given the short end of the stick. I thought he did a wonderful job there. But, you know, we keep waiting for Tom Osborne or Bob Devaney to walk in, and that's not happening. Yeah, Paul. There are programs that move on from established coaches. Like, you ask people in Tennessee about letting Phil Fulmer go. And if you had a do-over... They that, still regret that, still I regret think, it. right? Yeah. That, yeah. That's what they've been trying to replace him for a long time. Yeah. Update the poll results, McLevin. Okay, so I did put up uh, best tailgate out of the uh, four jobs, but I didn't put uh, LSU on there. Okay. Oklahoma, Notre Dame, or USC. Oklahoma is an early leader. Okay. I think barbecue inspired, perhaps, we got a tweet. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I have not been to Oklahoma for a tailgate, but USC, got to love the scenery, weather. Uh, LSU, got to love the scenery, but... And Notre Dame was was fun, but Notre Dame was more of a what I thought it would be, that it probably hasn't changed much. You know, their tailgates are about the same, even though we had a hell of a time finding a beer that day, didn't we? 
That was just punishing. <laughs> like, all I wanted was a beer. Just just one beer. Usually the bros line up to give you a beer, take a picture. It didn't happen. Well, they lined up for me to do, what are those cinnamon shots? Fireball. Oh, fireball. Fireball. Remember that? Yeah. And it was like everybody wanted me to do a fireball. You're like, how about a Schlitz? Yeah. And I said, and they all had their phones out. I go, no, no, no. That That's not how this works. You know, get me a beer. And then if you want to take a video of it, fine. But damn, get me a beer. I don't want these fireballs. Kind of lame. <laughs> I still, I'll never get over that. Is uh, Matt with us, uh, Todd? Sure is. Uh, uh, Matt Leiner, analyst for uh, Fox Big Noon Kickoff. Uh, of course, the uh, Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, he's part of Fox's on-site pregame show in Indy, Iowa, and Michigan on Saturday night, and that'll be for the Big Ten Championship. Matt, how are you? Not a lot to talk about in the world of college football, huh? Dan, um, first of all, I'm doing good. And, and did I just walk into you not liking fireball shots? Is that, is that what I heard? Yes, yes, you did. I'm going to. Well, I, I mean, you, let, let's have a drink. We'll, we'll take a few of those down. I'm a, I'm a big fireball guy. <laughs> yeah, but see, I I would just rather do you know whiskey or something like that. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm I'm not mad at you, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, how about how, how about the how about this week? I mean, just uh, I, I don't think it's ever we've ever seen a week like this in college football with just obviously the amount of money that's being shelled out for these coaches, just the 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 big jobs, the big coaches. Um, obviously, I'm ecstatic, which I know we're going to talk about, but. Um, and then, and then, just you know, championship Saturday, championship weekend. I mean, there's some big games, and um, still a lot of you know, a handful of scenarios to see who gets into the top four. So, yeah, it, it's been a wild year in college football. It's been a great year in college football. Uh, you know, we've been on the road almost every week, which has been a lot of fun. And again, but r- real quick, before we get into this, I'm, I'm a little jealous because every week I see my buddy BQ on with you, Brady. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, I, I just give me a little more love, DP. If you want me to get on more, you know, I got to watch my Notre Dame guy. I've been calling. We've been calling. We've asked and, for the. Po- and my, and my buddy McLovin is there. Shout out to McLovin. <laughs> What's up, Matt? <laughs> Matt and I would do fireball shots together, Dan. That's right. Yeah, like you know, Brady is a little too pretty for this show. So you're more of a man's man. But you know, we've reached out, and they say nope. Uh, he's not available. He's not well, available. Yeah, I need to. Ta- I need to talk to somebody then. All right. Yeah. And look, I'll blow right by Brady Quinn. I mean, he never won a Heisman. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that, man. <laughs> All right. Um, if I told you a week ago USC was hiring Lincoln Riley, Notre Dame was going to lose Brian Kelly to LSU, and Michigan was going to beat Ohio State, which one would you have said that ain't happening? Uh, probably Lincoln Riley to USC. I mean, that, that was really, and again, I'm, I'm more, you know, obviously a little more invested in that. And, and I, I didn't see any of them happening. The only one to be honest with you that I thought had a shot was Michigan. Now I picked Ohio state and, and I thought they were going to win, but that, you know, this team and, and, and obviously now talking about in hindsight, this team is, is just different than it's been in the past. And, and they went out and proved that, but um, yeah, the one the one that shocked me the most was my alma mater, and it shocked me in a great way, obviously. But um, you know, that weekend I was hearing a lot of chatter about potentially Matt Campbell, yeah. and I was getting ready, you know, kind of just to all right, get on board. He's a really good football coach. Be happy with him. 
Um, but then I get a text um, on Sunday from, from my buddy Bruce Feldman, who I know you know well, and um, he says Lincoln Riley. And I said, holy hell, are you kidding me? <laughs> and I had, I, had, I had talked to a few people prior the weeks up to saying that he would – he, the only job that he would potentially take was USC, but I was like, there's no way. I mean, you know, and then all of a sudden it happened, and I, and I couldn't be, I mean, gosh, Dan, it, it's, it's, that's what SC needs. They needed that splash. They needed someone who can change the culture there. Can, you know, it's just, it's just it's a home run hire in every sense of the word. Um, USC is relevant immediately. Um, he's already flipping a ton of recruits. I was just looking at some of these recruits this morning. He's already, he's already getting some guys that were interested in Ohio state. Now they want to go to USC. Like he, he's, he's hitting the ground running and I couldn't be more happy, you know, to be a Trojan and that he's the next head coach, head coach there. It's never uh, done in a delicate way. It's hard to do that. It feels yeah. like there's, there's outrage nationally that Brian Kelly left Notre Dame. There's not outrage right. for Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma, but because Notre Dame's polarizing. Is there a tactful way for a coach to leave? If you were a player and you played for Notre Dame and Brian Kelly comes back from a recruiting trip and says, guys, gather at 7 a.m., I'm right. taking the LSU job. How would you feel? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's hard because the one thing with Notre Dame is – I mean, there's still they're still a, a very realistic path. They get into the playoff. I mean, can you imagine they get into the playoff and the narrative around that without Brian Kelly? I mean, it's so so that's the weird thing about that. It's just like these players are, are right there in a position, either going to a New Year's Six Bowl or or a realistic shot. Not a lot has to happen for them to sneak into the top four, and then all of a sudden you. you your, your coach is, is taking a job, and three hours later he's saying bye in two minutes and he's out. And then, obviously, you know, the story out there of, of going out recruiting and then that, that news kind of breaking right after that and his whole staff is out recruiting. So um, is there a tactful way? Uh, you know, I'm sure he could have probably handled it a little bit better, but in this day and age with, the you know, the early signing period and, and the amount of money that is just being – I mean – it's a hundred million dollars, and 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 you look at you or you look at excuse me LSU, and 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 I by the way Brian Kelly is a is a damn good football coach. He's one of the best in the business. Um, but you look at the position, you know the the situation at LSU, the way they can recruit there. Um, they won a title just a couple of years ago, and then you dangle out <laughs> you dangle out nine figures or whatever it is, ten figure whatever it is, nine figures and. It's hard to pass up. So, yeah, look, I think it's part of the business. It's, it's unfortunate, and uh, it's the way – I mean, Lincoln, you know, Lincoln, their season was done. They did it right after, but even that happened within, within hours, you know, and all of a sudden these players are, are like, hey, w- wait, what, what about me? Like, what happened here? So, Do you think Brian Kelly would have left if Notre Dame was ranked third? Uh, yeah. Okay. I do. Yeah, I do. I, I think – I think he saw the money. Um, I think he, you know, obviously from from talking to a few people and just reading the stories out there, obviously there's some things that, you know, maybe he wanted there that didn't happen over time. Um, but uh, then again, you know, he did hit the ceiling there. I mean, yeah. he did. He, he got them to the playoffs multiple times. It's just there's a gap between Notre Dame and, and Alabama's and Ohio State's and Clemson's of the world. And, you know, he just – I think he took them as far as he could possibly take them. And then you look at a job like LSU, 
with with the talent that's available, even the talent on that roster. I mean, it's still a very talented roster. Um, you know, th- th- there's an opportunity for him to win a national championship there. But yeah, it's look, it's it's kind of the way this the whole college football is set up with you know the the early signing period and these call these coaches jumping. I mean, Lincoln Riley was introduced Monday, which I was at the press conference. That night, he's out recruiting already down in Orange County in Southern California. I mean, it, that's how fast this is happening. There, there's no time to look in the mirror. So, um, But unfortunately, Dan, as you said, you know, the players are the one that, that suffer from that. Did Notre Dame recruit you? They did not. They did not recruit me. I, I think at the time, so at the time, they were – I believe it was Ty Willingham. They were they had a lot more of the you know they had quarterbacks that can move, <laughs> and that's not me. <laughs> I think they had a uh, Carlisle Holiday. I remember if Carlisle Holiday was a good player for them. Actually, my teammate in Arizona, um, he ended up playing receiver for us in the league. But um, I don't think I was a good enough athlete for them at the time. McLovin so. said you didn't have the academics to get in, Matt. And that's probably true as well. <laughs> Listen, I was I was a social major at USC, and I took ballroom dancing my last year. So I no. remember people people gave you so much grief for that. I remember but, having you on talking to you about that. But here's here's the thing: people need to realize I'd already graduated. I, I just had to <laughs> I had to take two units just to be eligible for my senior year. So how about this? My whole senior year which was just in- incredible. And, and, again, I came back because I wanted to be at USC and, and all of those things. I took two units because I had already graduated. So people are up and over. I'm like, it was either that or an art class. I'm like, all right, I'll take ballroom dancing. This could be fun. It was Tuesday nights once a week during the fall. So my, my schedule was just all football, one night a week. Actually, you know who I took that class with? Mark Sanchez was in that class. And, no one, and Mark Sanchez – was a true freshman, so he took it, I think, as an elective or whatever at the time. And nobody um, ripped Mark Sanchez for taking no, ballroom yeah, dancing. No. Yeah, no, man, it's all right. I had a, I, I got, I think I got an A minus in the class too. So you know, and you probably a good place to meet women. Uh yeah, you know, I don't remember to be honest with you. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't even know how many people were in that class, but. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, listen, I didn't take a lot of that with me post-USC. You know, I, I, I couldn't do the two-step right now, the box step, if, ooh, you, if you asked me to. Uh, before uh, I say goodbye, uh, how does Iowa beat Michigan in this game this uh, Saturday night on Fox? Yeah, look, this is uh, this is it's, yeah, look, it's not a trap game. I mean, this is a conference championship game. Iowa's a really good football team. But one of the interesting things, the way Iowa's built and the way they've won this year is, is takeaways on defense. And, again, that's a, that's a very common thing. You know, hey, if you get turnovers, all that, you're going to win a lot of games. But the way it is for them is 30, 30% of Iowa's scoring has come off of takeaways. Iowa, and I'm sure you know this, is just they're not built to go 80, 90-yard drives. It's not the type of offense they have. They have fed off of – their defense being outstanding at creating turnovers because it gives them short fields, and that's how they've operated, and that's how they've won a lot of games. The two losses this year, they had one takeaway. So hmm. if, if Michigan just protects the ball, which they've done all season long, it's going to be very challenging for Iowa to just, to just drive and score enough points. That's just not how they're built. So that's just something to keep an eye on in this game is when Iowa is opportunistic on defense, which they are a very good defense otherwise, 
then they're going to have a shot to win this game. But you know, look, they I think Michigan is Michigan Michigan is legit. They're very very good. They have their identity. They got those bad boys up front on defense, Hutchinson and Ajabo, who are very good players, first round guys. Haskins is a stud. It's going to be tough for Iowa, but you never Kirk Ferentz and the job he does and that team. You can just never count those guys out. So it'll be it could be a low scoring fist fight, but it'll be a good game. Safe travels, Matt. Great to have you on again, and uh, thanks for joining us. Dan, thanks for having me, buddy. That's Matt Liner, analyst for Fox Big Noon Kickoff. Yeah, we'll kick Brady Quinn at the curb. I mean, he doesn't have a Heisman. I mean, I won't say that to Brady on Friday. I'll say, man, good to have you. We got tired of Matt Leinert. We had him on on Wednesday. All right, we'll take a break. Last call for phone calls, what we learn, what's in store tomorrow, and we'll try to accomplish all of that next. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Byard. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup. Sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever for you get your podcasts. Last call for phone calls. What we learned. What's in store tomorrow? A lot of reaction to Brian Kelly on the show last hour. And I did... Offer up this question that had to do with Notre Dame. If Notre Dame happened to be one of the top four teams, would he have left? If you were ranked third right now, Coach, would you still be in Louisiana? Oh, I don't know, Dan. You know, those those are those are tough questions, you know. I mean, I'm I'm a pretty honest guy and, and, and would would tell you but I, I those those are so hard to you know, to answer relative to what I've had done something different in, in that situation. And I, I really couldn't tell you, to be honest with you, um, because it's not the case. Um, but but I, I really couldn't answer that question. Okay. I'm going to say something that might sound controversial. Is there part of Brian Kelly who secretly is happy that Notre Dame is not one of the top four teams in the country? Because that would be really tough to leave. Because Luke Fickle, Notre Dame may be waiting for Luke Fickle to coach Cincinnati in the Final Four. If Cincinnati is ranked eighth, is Luke Fickle staying? I don't know. Probably a little bit easier decision if he's the guy that they're going to hire. But here's Notre Dame sixth. It's a little easier to say, yeah, you know what? We... uh, we're not going to make the playoffs, but uh, we had a really good year, double-digit wins again, and maybe privately it's like, whew, it's a little easier to leave when you're sixth as opposed to when you're third. Yeah, Paul. We've said this before, but how big was the Cincinnati win against Notre Dame? 
if it that, changed college football. The landscape of college football. Yes. Yes. Because Cincinnati's now in the Final Four. Uh, Notre Dame loses to Cincinnati. And because they lost to Cincinnati, they're not in the Final Four because they would be probably second or third in the country right now. And then maybe Brian Kelly doesn't take the LSU job. Like, just crazy. Crazy how that works. And then Luke Fickle may be going someplace else. Maybe he stays at Cincinnati. Crazy. Uh, Chris in Oklahoma. Hi, Chris. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. First time, long time. 5'10", 185. Dan, I'm a 1994 OU grad, and which means I had to live through the Gary Gibbs years. Oh. Uh, and I'm afraid that we are headed there again, and here's why. Um, we've already lost Spencer Rattler, which we knew was coming. I'll be shocked if we don't lose Caleb Williamson. Uh, and we've already lost Caleb's replacement in the 2023 class. So yeah. that's at least five years, maybe 10. So with my heart, I am angry about this move uh, because of all that. With my head, I think I get it with the SEC looming, uh, the situation at SC and the Pac-12 and all that. I get it. Um, but it's kind of hard to take, uh, especially coming off losing Oklahoma State, which my brother went to Oklahoma State, so I have to deal with that. Uh, talk around here is the leader in the clubhouse is uh, Brent Venables. Yeah. I'd take that. I'd take that. Um, thanks for taking my call, Dan, and suck it back row. All right, Chris. Chris, <laughs> Chris having a bad week, but wanted to make sure he got that in. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, uh, lost our coach. I don't know who we're going to get. Lost Oklahoma State. My brother went to Oklahoma State. And all right, well, have a good day. Suck it back, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> the best. Yes, big love. We did hire Lincoln Riley. What I know. did we do? I know. I know. Sometimes you have to have nothing to do with it, and you're a punching bag, and he feels a little bit better. That's so, what I'm called for. Yeah. Well, no, it was called for. Was it? Yes, it was. Uh, Chris in South Carolina. Hi, Chris. What's on your mind? Good morning, Jan. How are you gentlemen this morning? Great, Chris. Six foot and a semi-soft 280. Just wanted to call in to make two quick points. Uh, one, uh, you're, as far as Coach Kelly, you got your attorney on the plane. <laughs> Stevie Wonder could have seen what was going on with that. Right. Two, Notre Dame fans need to get over themselves. I mean, you're propped up every year by the NBC network and that money. I mean, look what happened to you, what was it, 10 years ago when they put you in the national championship against the University of Alabama, it was over three minutes into the first quarter. I mean, come on. You keep your standards. Enjoy your view from the outside looking in. Either you want to play football or you want to keep your standards. It's what makes this country great. We move on to better ourselves every time. If he, took, if he had a better chance at LSU, get over yourselves. Go find yourself another coach. All you right. know? That's Thanks. why we roll tied. Thank Love you, your body Chris. work, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I love college football, man. I want to play for that guy. Yeah. Chris sound like giving a halftime speech there. Yeah. Who's with me? Let's go. I always, I never knew how to respond when somebody would say, I love your body of work. And I was like, okay, well, thank you. Dude goes, enjoy your view from the outside looking in. <laughs> Dang. That would be a burn there. <laughs> Todd, what did I learn on today's award-nominated program? Matt Leinert, who took ballroom dancing his senior year at USC with Mark Sanchez, disappointed in your lack of interest in fireball shots. I know. I got guys who were sending me texts saying, you're soft, you don't like fireballs. I said I drink whiskey. Who's soft? Yeah, those dudes are incorrect. Yeah. 
Mercedes-Benz SUV family, they're ready for you to take a test drive at your Mercedes-Benz dealer. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Hope you enjoyed. We'll do it again tomorrow. Dan Patrick Show. Oh, one more item as we close out the show, and what a show it was. Panini Trading Cards, the exclusive trading card partner of the NFL. You got the iconic brands, Donruss, Prism, Contenders, National Treasures. You get instant classic trading cards. You get popular players, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, hottest rookie cards. You're going to find something in Panini America packs for everyone. And they're more than just football. They're exclusive home for NBA, UFC, NASCAR, collegiate trading cards. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys go to the Big Easy to take on the Saints for Week 13. Lamar Jackson takes on Big Ben and the Steelers, AFC East. It'll be the Patriots taking on Josh Allen and the Bills for Monday Night Football. Start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net. So many things in there, and there's something for everyone in Panini America packs. The official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show, PaniniAmerica.net.